This week's episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade features the American action movie Action Jackson, starring Carl Weathers and Craig T. Nelson. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 110. This is Brandon, and as always with me, is your co-hoster, Colin T. Nelson. Keep your dick on. Today we are here to discuss the 1988 film, Action Jackson. Colin, tell us what's in Coach's Playbook. Vengeance drives a tough Detroit cop to stay on the trail of a power-hungry auto magnate who's systematically eliminating his competition. Action Jackson is directed by Craig R. Baxley and stars Carl Weathers, Craig T. Nelson, Vanity, Sharon Stone, Bill Duke, Robert Davi, Thomas F. Wilson, Mary Ellen Trainer, Miguel Goddamn Enchiladas Nunez Jr., and Al Leong. That's a cast, damn. <laughs> no, there are a lot of people ridiculous. in this movie. I didn't name. There's a couple I could have added to there, but I was like, no, these people get what they did. Aliang especially, he yeah. he is like the go-to Asian terrorist for '80s and '90s <laughs> action movies. That's right. Do you need a guy that can do like uh, look like an Asian terrorist, but also can do like like jumping roundhouse kicks? Here you go. He holds a gun, big gun, big guns very well for a little guy. Like that's yes, he does. That's what he does. Uh, we're here. <laughs> Cult Cinema Cavalcade is back. Uh, we are just having ourselves like a muscular, sweaty action summer apparently over here because you know we had no holds barred, American Ninja Four, and now we're heading into our Craig R. Baxley. Uh, expose. Which who the fuck's Craig R. Baxley and why is there an expose? Colin, you want me to tell you? Uh, yes, I would love you to tell me why we're doing this. Because he fucking rules. So Craig R. Baxley is a guy I had no idea. Like I, once I realized I saw a film, one of the films we're going to be doing here called Stone Cold, uh, and. I was like, who the hell directed this insanity? Like, what? who is this guy? Like, I got to know if he did anything else. So I, you know, I went, you know, do what people do. I looked up. Now, he's got a lot of credits. He's done a lot of TV nowadays. Um, his film credits are limited. But this guy had the ultimate, like, one, two, three punch. And then he just, like, dropped the mic and didn't do a film Damn, I don't know for a long time. He starts. He will start here with Action Jackson. But when I looked over, he also um, did a movie called Dark Angel, which is more known to people as I Come in Peace, Dolph Lundgren. And then he did Stone Cold, and holy shit! And this guy, he might be just from these three films, one of my favorite action directors because this guy does not hold the fuck back. We'll talk about 
how big he goes with things, how just you know, things are cinematic. Like he, they, these are pure action movies, but damn, he makes them big. They're thrilling. You just popcorn entertainment as finest. Yeah, there, there, there definitely are parts you look at and go, okay, hang on, movie, what? <laughs> but that's kind of what you want out of an action movie, to be honest. Yeah, I think the guy came from, uh, he was a second unit action director starting up, but, I mean, he was just uh, doing shows and stuff, and I don't know how he just landed on doing Action Jackson. He was doing the A-Team at the time, and Duke's a Hazard, so. And Hunter, you remember Hunter? So that's like his pedigree leading into Action Jackson. He was also a stunt coordinator, too. So we can see why he is not afraid to take it on, like including uh, stunts on some uh, a little known movie called Skate Town USA. And, uh, yeah, I, he did stunt driving. Like, oh, it's just insanity. I, I love how you say, hey, Hunter, remember Hunter? Like, like only if you watch over-the-air detective shows on Cozy or yeah, or whatever, like one of those channels. Well, aired on NBC. When I first moved out, it was funny. When I first moved out to Los Angeles and I was doing QC, uh, one of the TV box sets that we were doing quality control on was a Hunter season. And I heard the theme song, and so I was like, oh, I remember that was a show back then, and it ran for like eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, I even the people that lived during that time don't remember Hunter. No. It, was on, it is it is the wings of uh, of drama. <laughs> yes. It was on, everyone was aware of it, but no one knew who was watching it. Yes. But yeah, so that's Craig R. Baxley, and I just, I've always wanted to do these three movies, not separate. I want to give Craig his due. If you're listening, Craig, what's up? How you doing, Mr. Bax? Give us a call. would like to talk to you. But... I don't know if anyone's ever done a Craig R. Baxley expose because I don't know. I don't know if they realize this one, two, three punch of awesomeness is his design. And you can tell a lot of the reason we enjoy these movies is him, as you'll see as we go through this one, two, three. But the first one's Action Jackson, which isn't like his brainchild because it was like thought of on the set of Predator. <laughs> which, yeah, it's you know what it, it makes was. It's like, yeah. What wasn't it like? Hey, uh, Carl Weathers, you are a really fit guy. Or wasn't it like? Or maybe it was like Carl Weathers wanted to be in a movie called Action Jackson. It's like, it's super lame. Like, uh, like how it got started. Yeah, it was like it was like him talking to Joel Silver on the press set, uh, set of Predator, and Joel Silver was like, "Oh yeah, let's do that. Sounds good. Yeah." So that was my cocaine snorting uh, impression, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like so that's just it's simple. But I think Carl Weathers was ready for his own movie at the time. I mean, he had the couple Rocky movies, Predators. Like, okay, launch him. Let's let's do it. Let's let's see how he does on his own. And what that what a fucking vehicle. The poster looks like. Hey, look, it's Black James Bond. But this is not Black James Bond. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not even close. This is like solo lethal weapon <laughs> kind of. Yeah, with but command, it's like a seventies commando. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also a seventies black exploitation name as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very yeah. The logo is yeah. It's a whole lot of things it's trying to sell us, but it's it's Carl Weathers action movie. And what more do you need to sell you in a movie than that? No. Um, in case we need more, it's got our girl Vanity back on the show again. 
And there's another person who shows up that was in that same movie that I'll point out <laughs> later. But yeah, um, she upgrades from Stargrove to action. Is it is it an upgrade? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It might be a lateral move depending at on what least, you're into. I don't know. At least Action Jackson's a nickname, not a... <laughs> yes, Lance. exactly. <laughs> it's not made up. Although apparently it is because he is hardly ever called Action Jackson in the movie. Right. <laughs> I think maybe twice in the whole movie he's called Action Jackson. True. And, it, and it's mostly just just being hit, someone telling someone else that he's called Action Jackson. They do explain his name quite a bit in the movie. Yeah, they, there's a lot of explaining about who he is in this movie. Like, as if someone's going to go, why do they call you Action? And you see this hulking giant man. Like, <laughs> why do they call you Action? Like, well, sit down. Let me tell you my entire backstory. You got 15 minutes? Uh... <laughs> so... This uh, the film opens uh, with a guy named Frank trying to give some sort of uh, fitting press announcement, eulogizing the death of a colleague or something. Uh, we see helicopters surrounding the building. Um, he's, he's got a secretary there taking things down. He's trying to schmooze her as they keep hearing commotion above. And finally, these covert dress guys bust in. <laughs> they smash the woman in the face and then disappear. And then Frank begins just firing a gun everywhere. A guy jumps from the ceiling skylight. He runs, but he gets a knife thrown in his hand, which sticks to the door. When he opens the door, he's knocked down. And then he gets blasted with, like, a grenade launcher, bursts into flames, falls from the window, and lands through the ceiling into a goddamn restaurant. And that's how you fucking start a movie. Title sequence. (laughs) It was so amazing, just... Like, like I'm like watching. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, this is gonna happen. Then like I don't know, ninjas or whatever they were when they break <laughs> through that glass. And I immediately just yelled out, "What? It's amazing!" And like that hand through, or that knife through the hand. It looks like his hand. It like it was the hand's destiny to have a knife yes. put through it. The way it just so elegantly fires right into the middle of his hand. <laughs> ah! Oh my gosh, this. When you right away, Craig R. Baxley, he likes to shatter glass, and he loves oh, gig- If something can blow up, it needs to blow up at least twice as big as you'd think it would. I mean, it, that was remarkable to see that grenade launcher fire that guy through the window and explode. Explode, I mean, and he's falling down like, and just in flames. It so, like, it's remarkable the amount of violence and mayhem that happens in. I don't know, four minutes of this film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the woman in the restaurant just, like, screams, like, ah! Like, you don't even know what that was. It was just a fireball. <laughs> it's a giant ball of fire that went smash. That probably killed I, other people. <laughs> I think that's an appropriate reaction to shattering glass, showering from the sky, and a body falling. What is happening? Well, I looked. I mean, she, doesn't even, she doesn't even look over. She just screams. And she's got her back to it. Maybe she has a fire phobia. She can feel the heat. She's immediately scared. Oh, gosh. Uh. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. These people do all these awful shit. Great, whatever. How do they get out of the building? <laughs> They're surrounded <laughs> by people. Well, we there were know- helicopters, remember? <laughs> so they I got, guess. probably got picked up. 
Their mom came and picked them up. <laughs> I guess, but they are literally surrounded by people. The helicopter is the only way they'd make it out of there. They oh. were not. Well, yeah, the opposite of silent. There's a helicopter. They couldn't get louder unless they were yelling out the window, we are committing crimes. <laughs> Might as well just lay a banner out. They have a nickname. <laughs> they have a name, too, the group, but we'll talk about that later. We then watch as a guy plans to mug a woman on the street as we are introduced to two patrol officers, Cornblow and Lack. Why are they in this movie, Brandon? Why are they in this movie? I, I, it's weird. You could have done their stuff in a day. It's weird because they're memorable, but they're also completely unimportant no, to the yeah, movie there's at no all. Re- yeah, it's like they got. They're like, hey, we got Biff from Back to the Future. Let's uh, find something <laughs> for him to do. And they're introduced by that amazing line that uh, uh, Thomas was it Thomas Elfwell, who's Biff. Yeah, that awesome line. It was a regular fuckerama at my place last night. <laughs> That's how he's introduced. <laughs> yep. That's his opening line. It was a regular fuckarama at my place last <laughs> night. And he doesn't disappoint from there. No. No. Uh, so while they are pointless, we might as well thank them for being in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So th- this woman on the street beats the guy down as the police officers laugh about it. And they, they pick him up. And his name's Albert Smith. And they scare the guy about being sent to Action Jackson at the station. Cornblow then, when they're at the station, uh, talks to a, a hooker and gets crotch trauma from her. How much do you charge for a hand job? My partner has sprained his wrist. Maybe you'd like to try a foot job instead. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> and how much is that? For you, it's free. And then Albert makes a break, but fumbles and crashes onto Action Jackson's desk. Jackson then has a quick chat with his old partner named Thibbo, who meets with Captain Armbruster, played by Bill Duke, to report on the opening deaths in the film. Jackson then goes in to meet with the captain, and he asks him to go to the Detroit Businessman's Man of the Year fundraiser. Uh, a guy named Peter Delaplane is getting the award, and it fires up Jackson, who says the guy's son's a sexual assaulter, and it costs him his stripes and his marriage. So he's a uh, he's not a lieutenant anymore, as they like to tell us a bunch. He used to be, but now he's yeah, not. just just so much of just his backstory is just happening right here. It's like oh, okay, like all right, like like these characters exist solely to give Action Jackson a backstory. Yes. That is it. That's all they fucking do. And like when, uh, we'll just call him Biff because that's who he is. He When he was telling Albert all these ridiculous made up stories about Action Jackson about like, oh, he was, he's part Bigfoot or he's like bred from, I don't know, gorillas. I don't remember what the hell he said. Mm-hmm. But it was all these ridiculous stories and then Albert freaks out and faints. Why does he faint so much? Literally every time he sees Action Jackson, <laughs> yeah. he faints. He's seen nothing that that Action Jackson does at all, but for some reason he's so intimidated by Biff's stories that are completely bullshit. There's no reasonable person that would say, like, oh, these... Like, if this kid is this stupid, he deserves to be caught. He is dumb. He is dumb. You say intimidated. Maybe he had a crush. Maybe Maybe he did. He is... (laughs) Carl Weathers is very handsome in this movie. He is ripped. Mm -hmm. He is stupid ripped. I mean, he isn't, like, in all of the movies, but, like, in this one... I, I don't know, like, it's... He's in predator it, it, shape for this. He is, yeah, he's in predator shape, but he's a Detroit cop. Yep. Seems excessive. 
So at the uh, ceremony, uh, Della Plain, played by Craig T. Nelson, gets the award and gives a speech as Jackson watches from afar and meets a woman and, named Patrice who's talking down to, uh, uh, he's talking down on Della Plain to her, and she ends up, oh, it's his wife. Uh, later, Jackson and Della Plain have a little passive-aggressive meetup at this place. We then randomly go to a yacht uh, that's <laughs> obviously part of some bad guy operations, and the covert dudes from uh, the opening... They board and begin killing guys there, and then they handcuff a suitcase to a loudmouth, the loudmouth guy in charge of the, the the boat. He's like on a phone and stuff, and then we see it has a bomb in it, and then we we see a quick shot of him looking toward the camera, and he goes, "No!" and it fucking blows the hell up. Like it would have taken out like eight city blocks. Like it is huge. Like you know that house explosion in Friday the 13th part 7 the new <laughs> blood we always talk about that's every goddamn explosion in this time 6 it's right but it's on a boat on the water <laughs> yes it's amazing and I love because it, it goes that explosion is so beautiful because it goes right from this guy screaming looking right into the camera cross eyed Completely like the most comical looking scream, like it should be followed by a boing sound, and then <laughs> an enormous explosion. So you're laughing from that, and then kablowie! Like this, this is, is our next. Of- this is our next three weeks for this show. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like that yell, just like you expect like the Wilhelm scream yeah. to come out of that guy's right. mouth. It was so ridiculous. I mean, it's got that perfect zoom and just, oh my gosh. And like when all these guys are like assaulting this boat, there's one guy, he jumps up from out of nowhere, from the side of the boat. Like he would have to jump on a trampoline yeah. in order to get to the railing. Like, like no. And he's like, not in even good if you were either. In a, yeah, yeah. Like even if you were in the side of a boat, there's no way you'd be able to like catapult yourself. It is literally, it looks like he's jumping on a trampoline. Like how did he do this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there's like the 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 chit chat between the bad guys wandering the boat. That's like just stupid, ridiculous. And you get the guy in the back room's like, "Hey, dickhead, shut the fuck up! I'll I'll (laughs) cut your mouth!" Like it's so like stereotypical, like bad guy stuff. Oh, I loved it. Um, so Jackson then parks his purple '66 Impala at his place, uh, where Argyle from Die Hard is the valet. No shit. (laughs) <laughs> it's really Argyle. It's typecast, I guess. Yes. Uh, in his apartment, we find out Jackson is one cool motherfucker because he watches Perfect Strangers. I heard it. <laughs> and it. I heard. And has a parrot. And he has a parrot. And then uh, this is ridiculous too. Okay. So he's in his apartment. He watches a Delaplane car commercial. He then checks his messages and has one from a guy named Moretti. Then the news reports on the boat explosion about a guy named Grantham dying in it. So all this happens in his apartment. Like, here's all this exposition that <laughs> happens within, like, 30 seconds of each other that sets up shit for the movie. It's really good he came home. Yeah, I guess. He got home at the right time. Uh, he then goes to try to get his ex-partner to help uh, him on this and gets another call from Moretti at the police station. Uh, he meets him at his apartment. It's uh, uh, Moretti's played by Robert Davi, who's uh, wigging out and uh, searching for something in his apartment. And he's threatened to put a bullet in his head if uh, Jackson doesn't listen. And he thinks he's next to be killed and believes it's Delaplane. Uh, Moretti tells of Delaplane's rise to power and how he was taking 
guys who didn't agree with him out of the way, and though he's not sure exactly why, and he tells him he needs to check out Delaplane's mistress, Cindy Ash. Uh, Dobby here, I like him. Like, he's really, for a short role, like, super memorable. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see why this guy got a lot of roles following. I mean, he was in before this movie. He also had Die Hard uh, this year, too. But, like, he's really, like, like, damn, this is a, for this cheesy action movie, I really like his, what he's giving here. Like, he's, he's committed. He's very good, but I I was also distracted because he looks like he's in one of the early stages of transitioning into a wolfman. He's just so strung out and hairy. Like, it's like, he's like right, like, like literally, like, like he's in the first stage of the makeup appliances being put all over his body. Right. Well, you know it's funny. One of the things like you notice about like Robert, Do- like it's not because I've never seen him with like facial hair, but normally you notice his like scars on his face from probably mm-hmm. like scratching acne as a kid. Um, but mm-hmm. you can't really tell it. You can't really see it too much here. Maybe it's just a young well, but, Davi. But it's just like the the wispy hair all around it too. I expected yeah. like like him to start growing a snout and his. <laughs> Yeah, it does look like that. I do give you that. That's that's what it's good observation. It's like is is Action Jackson also a werewolf hunter? Is that where this movie's going now? I'm surprised they didn't tell us a tale of him hunting werewolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That makes sense. It's it's the only thing Cornblow didn't talk about. At Club Elite, uh, Vanity and a band are performing a song, which is probably called Far Away Eyes, to a uh, solo sitting smoking Delaplane watching from a table. I, I, I feel like she's auditioning, but she's probably just rehearsing. And then we go back to Moretti's apartment where a delivery man, uh, his name's Gamble, we'll find later, shows up and he blasts him through a box with a gun in the chest. Like, that <laughs> silencer hits him like a shotgun. It's like a normal I, pistol. Well, yeah, like I like yelled out, like they said, like you know, it's COD, and he looks at him like what, and then he gets like shot right in the chest. I literally yelled out like shit. Yeah. I was like, I could not believe that happened. Like man, yeah, he he gets it. Like yeah, he's not getting no, no one's uh, resuscitating him. He's he's done. Um, yeah, yeah. Can, can we take a second to talk about how gross Craig T. Nelson is in this movie? I mean. Mm-hmm. Like we're like we're introduced to him. We all know what Craig T. Nelson looked like. We know what the Craig T. Nelson haircut is. He's made it worse in this film because <laughs> it's like short on top, but still like long the Craig T. Nelson way. Like he's not naturally like, blonde, right? Like that's he's di- his hair's dyed in this, right? But it's like blonde, but like like blonde almost to the point where it's silver. Like I couldn't tell. Yeah, like, I was literally, like, yeah, yeah. It, like in scenes, like is he supposed to be gray or white or what or blonde? I couldn't tell, and it makes it even more weird because his face is not built for that. And also, I can't believe you didn't mention this, but we're do- we're doing it now. When Vanity is given the song to Craig T. Nelson, mm-hmm. I expected a standing ovation. You're getting one. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Gross. And. This is a gross line. We all know this, folks. Uh, but it's Craig T. Nelson saying it with gross, weird mm. hair. Even for Craig T. Nelson, gross, weird hair. Like, what? how much money does he have that Vanity would put up with this? I mean, my God. Apparently, we see his house. So, I mean... We sure do. It's big. It's It's got wide hallways. He doesn't let her hang out there, but she, he's probably paying for that uh, nice flat that she has. I... I guess. 
Yikes. <laughs> Action movie bad guy, Craig T. Nelson. I'm just going, like, mm, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want you to think of the, all the tropes of action movie bad guy, of 80s action movie bad guy, and put that with Craig T. Nelson. It will make your skin crawl. <laughs> he would get coached the I, next year. So this is... <laughs> I bet he put this on his reel. <laughs> These motherfuckers listen to me in that movie. See? See? Yeah, he'd go the opposite way with uh, Coach the next year and Troop Beverly Hills. So there's uh, there's less nudity in Troop Beverly Hills than in Action Jackson. For, for that haircut in this movie, sir, you lose the T. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Delaplane and Sydney go to her apartment, and she talks to him about all the stuff he's promised her that hasn't happened. As they begin the boning process, he injects her with some shit and she passes out. So I guess she's hooked on heroin. Because he's not gross enough. He has to make himself worse. Yeah. Like, I'd rather see him have a sex scene than how he looks at that needle and, like, sticks her with it. It's like, oof. <laughs> uh, Jackson then checks out the body of Moretti at the corner where he's being told it was a suicide. Because uh, you, you shoot yourself square in the chest. And then, and then, at your front door. At your front door. <laughs> Uh, Jackson confronts Delaplane right away at a fancy restaurant uh, where he's at his wife and a guy named Foss with a photo of Moretti's dead body and claims that he killed him over his plans for the AWA. And he then leaves. We then cut to Delaplane doing some martial arts training in his home, and he's, like, whooping this Asian dude's ass, and then he breaks his arm to show who's boss. I want you to think about this, folks. This movie features martial arts master... Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, I'm like, I, I guess they're like, well, these two are going to fight later, so I guess he has to be trained in martial arts to have any chance of a viewer believing he could stand a chance against Carl Weathers. That's my only guess is why they threw this bullshit in. <laughs> you know, like, well, Jackson doesn't use karate and stuff. He's a brawler. But the finesse of Nelson with the, <laughs> the, the taekwondo, that's going to be the a con- problem. The control that Craig T. Nelson commands over his own body. I mean, Craig T. Nelson's what... a tall guy, and he's stocky. Like, I guess give I him like a him being... bat or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just do not see him as like a... Like, like there's sometimes where, you know, it is Craig T. Nelson fighting, and, the, you know, from the back, it's always, you know, someone else. But it is shot in a way that it looks actually pretty good. Like, it, it's, you know, kind of at least somewhat believable. It's like, okay, Craig might be pulling this off, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like, like, no, it's Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> believe it. So Patrice Delaplane, meanwhile, hangs out in the sauna and then leaves the, leaves the sauna to witness uh, the driver guy for Delaplane talking about the Moretti murder and uh, about Action Jackson. And she goes to talk to, to Peter Delaplane, but he blows her off and drives away. She hurries to leave the house. The guy uh, that she caught on the phone offers her a ride, but then Jackson shows up, so she leaves with him. And they go to a bar, and she lets him know all of what she knows. And a guy named Rooney, oh, Rooney and that, uh, like, she knows of a guy named O'Rooney, and then her husband is having a party for a guy named Foss who that's guy they were having lunch with earlier and it's weird because they don't like each other she thinks jackson isn't unlike peter at all and she thinks peter admires him uh when they leave someone tries to hit patrice with a taxi it's gamble 
And then Jackson saves her and chases on foot. Are you okay? Go to the police station. I have to catch a cab. And uh, hops on top the uh, the taxi. Lots of wreckage, including exploding cars during this little chase. And then the gamble shakes Jackson off the top of the car, and he tries to run him down, but Jackson jumps over the car, Gamble loses sight, launches the car, which flips into a building. And when Jackson goes to check it out, he sees the assassin has escaped. I'm a little surprised it didn't explode there, but I'm glad yeah, because... Yeah, it didn't. Everything all- else exploded that they were bumping into on the streets. That, no. Oh, no way. No way. I also love that, like, this is just full of dumb puns. And when that cart comes by and he says, uh, I got to catch a cab. Like, yep. Oh my God! Beautiful. That is beautiful. And he—I I, want to emphasize this, folks. He runs up to a cab. A Hulking cab is, Carl Weathers is like Carl a- Weathers. We haven't talked about this, but they—they've mentioned multiple times in the movie how he used to run track. Yeah. In high school, he had—he had Carl Weathers had to be in his forties by this point, he or was very 39 close when to he it. Made, he was thirty-nine. He was thirty-nine when he made to it. Movie. Yep. Okay, very good, very good. Um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't. You, you don't just keep those skills for twenty years. Unless that car was no. at like a traffic light stopped, and Gamble decided, "Oh, I just tried to commit murder. I'm gonna still obey traffic laws." Trying to hurry out of here. He's in his dress shoes, slacks, dress shirt, running down a cab. He jumps on top. He isn't just. He doesn't just get to the cab. He jumps on top of it. Have you ever tried to jump on a moving vehicle? <laughs> no, you haven't, because it's impossible for a mortal man. Maybe he's just got the weight on his top that he just... I guess. And he doesn't well, slide. You know, he's, well, you know, those uh, people that run track, they're known for upper body strength. Uh-huh, yeah. They're, they're just known for all those muscles, because that'll speed them up. And, you know, he, after he lands on the top of the car, he punches through the windshield. Yeah, he does. He says, "Enough," <laughs> as if he was hol- as if he was holding back up <laughs> until that point. He's like, "All right, it's time to take the kids kid gloves off. It's time to put my fist through this windshield <laughs> as I ride through it in the middle of Detroit traffic." That adds up. <laughs> and I'd also like to point out this is what. We're 40 minutes into the movie, and this is the first action scene that Action Jackson is doing. There's been plenty of action in the movie. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no doubt about true. that. But this is the first time that Action Jackson actually does Holy something shit, in the that movie. That is true. I just realized that showing his stuff, they're slowly building them up. Slowly well, they, uh, building them up. Well, they didn't, they didn't let down. <laughs> yeah. It goes good from here. At the precinct, uh, the Foss guy gives the captain a call. And Patrice left a note for uh, Jackson telling him that she's going to tell Peter everything. And then at Club Elite, Sydney performs and Jackson's in attendance. Uh, Delaplane then comes home. His driver uh, gives him a gun and tells him that his madam has not arrived home yet. But she's sitting in the dark in their room and she's shaken. Uh, She tells him everything. He tells her he had nothing to do with any of the murders. She says she hopes Sergeant Jackson will understand she then tells him about her meeting with Jackson, which he then shoots and kills her, uh, removing her wedding ring and smoking a cigarette, and then he tosses 
uh, the driver of the gun and walks out. And I'm like, oh, goodbye, Sharon Stone. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that Sharon, like, I mean, she wasn't really a name at this point, of right. course, but it was just, of course, still just weird just to see her, like, in these, like, she's only in, what, maybe three scenes, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, I mean, it's, I like, it's like, well, we barely got to know you. You'd think she was going to be a, a more integral part of this and, like, have to turn on her husband later, but no, she's just dead. And she does, I mean, she does serve a purpose, yeah. but, like, at first you're kind of like, does she even need to be? But, no, she does. She actually does need to be in the movie. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, in her career right now, yeah, it's not, like, the Sharon Stone. But this is where she was building up that. I mean, she had been in the Alan Quartermain movies from canon, but she was starting, I mean, she was in... Uh, the same year, she was also in Above the Law, which launched Seagal as an action hero, and then she'd be doing Total Recall real soon here, you know, building up being in a bunch of known movies, and and then you know, Basic Instinct was her breakout. This was that was like four years after this, so she was building up, like you know, like Sandra Bullock. You saw her in a bunch of movies before you knew she was Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of similar story there, but yeah, it's and and they redid the poster with her in the background later on for this movie, but she was because I was like. Wait, she's on the poster. That's weird. Why don't they have Nelson in the background on the poster? But it was a redone image. Um, right. Backstage at the club, uh, Sydney oogles over her needle in her dressing room, and Jackson comes by, um, but the guard won't let him in. And so after trying to punch him out a couple times, he charges in and knocks him out through the door. And Sydney, who's high as a kite, agrees to go with Action Jackson. And they hear of Patrice's death over the police banner. It's like, man, you just know when to listen, Action Jackson. You're by the TV at the right times, by your answering machine. Uh, they go to Sydney's place, which has had a bomb placed in it, and it explodes like hell, but like somehow they're able to escape. He takes her to a secret lowdown hotel in a rough part of town. She goes to pass out in the bed, asking him to fuck, but he turns her down. And the next morning, she wakes up to him, gallon a shower, and as Albert... Remember Albert from the beginning, the uh, guy who can't mug people right and passes out? Well, he delivers some breakfast. After telling her that he's a cop... Your action, Jackson. <laughs> right. Some action. Fine-looking woman like me, you don't even touch me on life? You either got to be queer or a cop. I'm not queer. And uh, what he needs her for, Jackson and Sydney go out to his car, which has been ransacked. Uh, but the red hot com- chemistry and bickering begins, and some pick dude pit pockets Jackson's wallet with his badge in it, which I would think would play a bigger part later or anything, but no. Nope, no, no. We just hear someone open the wallet and say, fuck a duck. <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. And then we know that the guy's in trouble and, 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 and whatever. Can we uh, talk about the guy that runs this hotel? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, the guy we talks inter- about to run the hotel. <laughs> the guy who, he's part frog, right? Yep. Like, his DNA was, like, filled in with frog DNA to, in order to create this man. Yes. He, we were first introduced to him watching the Flintstones, and he doesn't even say, he doesn't say yabba-dabba-doo right. <laughs> no, the guy. There's the hand that feeds you. Yabba-dabba-doo. He's so frog-like or something. He can't say yabba dabba do. He doesn't go like yoba doba dee. Or he says something like absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. That's in the trailer. Yes, it <laughs> Why is. Why would they put that in the trailer? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, it is. 
to be fair, it got me to watch it, but it didn't get me to watch the movie because it looked good. <laughs> you know, like, put your best foot forward. Do you think the guy that looks like he, like, like he breaks toilets, that's the guy that you want as your... My bet, my favorite thing, not to jump the gun, but he shows up later in a scene where I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> there are multiple people in that scene That's where true. you could say That's that. True. But his was my biggest surprise. I'm like, all right, I'm not mad, but what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, he used, like, he used to be a fighter. Like, okay, I don't care. Like, this was during that time where apparently, like, I don't know, everyone seemed to know about fighters, but... Us? Yeah. Doesn't that seem like it? You know, like, like oh, he's the biggest star in the world. He fought all these people. Like, was he? I don't think so. <laughs> I I can't believe there wasn't enough. Like, I know we have all these different things going on now, but I can't believe just two people wailing on each other yeah. would be the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> no. The underground world. Jackson and Sydney go to a bar looking for a guy named Papa Doc. Jackson's taken into a back room where he opens up a cabinet that has a jar in it, and it's got uh, Papa Doc's testicles in it. That's what those are. And then he gets knocked out, and he's awakened to being frisked by Demon from Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. And uh, I was very, I, I like cheered when I, I was like, yes, Miguel! <laughs> they don't ooh, baby, though. That's, that's the yeah. sad part, though. But it's appropriate that Joanna Man was in this scene talking about chopping off balls. Yep. So. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. And they, and they talk about chopping off balls for a while. Oh, yeah. No, that's what they like, do. Like, like, like every piece of dialogue in this scene is just talking about what they're going to do to Carl Weathers' crotch. Yes. <laughs> and it goes on for a while. So, well, Miguel, he passes the interrogation duties over to the guy from Renegade, remember? Who was in, uh, yep. yeah, he was in Stargrove. I was like, whoa, oh he's back God. too. Like, are him and Vanity like, hey, I'm doing this. When you want to come over? I've got a little part for you. And like, okay, I'll do it. And uh, I think I think they were secret lovers. Secret lovers. I think that's what, I think that's what happened. Secret lovers. Uh, he refuses to pay, uh, to play ball, Jackson does, so they decide to cut off his balls. But Sydney busts in saying that he's her brother and that he's messed up in the head, and Jackson plays along as some religious nut guy. And after the guys like buy into this, he whoops their ass. And they return to the hotel where the guy uh, sends them to find a person named D at the barbershop. So she gives Jackson info, this D person. Uh, on an elite group of bodyguards called uh, <clears throat> the Invincible Men. <laughs> That's like what meatheads would call themselves. Like, who are we? We're the Invincible Men. No one's going to get through us. We're the Invincible Men. Man, 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 Doug, you're so creative. You're like a little <laughs> art freak here, man. Look at that name he's coming up with, man. What are you, what are you fucking queer? You think you're so smart? <laughs> Shut up! The Invincible Men. What? Invincible. Yeah, it's, oh, it's like it, it's like if you're like it, it's like if you're like a trivia night or you're like entered some like tournament where you come <laughs> up with team names and they're like and in fifth place the Invincible Men. Like who the hell named like, them? So that's stupid. <laughs> what? Like those? Like that's the douchebag team. Yep. Don't. <laughs> yep. like, don't bother with them. You just know what the the group's gonna look like before you see them when you hear Invincible oh, yeah. Men. Like. When, when you see that, you just think, like, I don't know if I'm going to win. I just don't want them to win. Yep. 
I want to beat them. Whether I win or lose, I want to beat them. I placed 80th. Where did the Invincible Men place? 86? Okay, I'm good. Perfect. I'm good. good. That's where the Invincible Men belong. Entrance fee worth it. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but By the way, this woman, she's only in this scene, right? Yeah, how did she not show up in that one scene I'm talking about later? That would have been cool. Yeah, she, she exists slowly to puke out this information to him. Smoke a cigar and then be, I don't know, I guess turned on by Carl Weathers. Mm hmm. Right? right? And that's all she does. She's like, she's smoking a cigar. She's a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Would you want that happening? Would you want uh, flames occurring when your hair is being styled? Flames. You know, place where hairspray, all this flammable things, fully in the air. Hey, let me get my cigar out. Man, I'm glad my hair smells like fucking butt after getting it done. Yeah, you just yeah. washed it. What are you doing? And, and here's the thing, you know, uh, 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 black people that like the, that all black people certainly, but straighteners and so forth, highly toxic chemicals around flames. Yeah. What the hell? Why is this happening? We've got questions. Jackson returns to his hotel room and Sydney has disappeared. Uh, nobody's seen her. Cornblow uh, and Lack then spot Jackson's car. They're back. They're back. Our, our favorite <laughs> Keystone Cop duo. Jackson finds Sydney in some other place with a junkie hooking her up. And he fights and beats the guy and jabs him with a syringe that's on the wall and then tosses him out the window. <laughs> and then he. He's a just, he's just tossing through a window. He tosses him through two, two windows. windows. <laughs> he throws him. Out, out of the window they're in, across an alley through another window. And that's after he shoots him full of drugs. Yep. Uh, he gets spotted by Cornblow and Lack, and uh, Jackson and Sydney leap from the window onto the top of his car, <laughs> and then they steal the cop car. Uh, the cops try to commandeer another vehicle, but are rejected. And then Jackson then has to threaten death to Sydney. Uh, to get him to help her by trying to uh, speed towards a wall to crash into it before she gives in. How could she, how could she not? <laughs> right. I, it's like, hey, you almost, you almost broke my legs and back jumping out of that window. Hey, and you almost killed me running this car into the wall. Why don't I help you? How can I not not help you? And then uh, we find out Cornblow and Law Lack were there to uh, in this movie to help him get a car when they needed one later on in the movie. That's yep. Hard. They couldn't have just had two other random right. officers. It had it's to be much these funnier guys. if it's Cornblow and Locke. They were going to spin these guys off. Come on. They're going to be funny. <laughs> that, uh, uh, what is it? Action Jackson to the rise of Cornblow and Locke. Tonight after Cagney and Lacey and Simon and Simon, it's the new episode of Cornblow and Locke. Well, the whole episode. Detroit PD. The whole episode would just be them driving around their uh, car talking about how much they like Action Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that night, um, uh, Jack- Jackson sets Sydney up with a meeting with Oliver O'Rooney, and she's having trouble being stone sober in the car, but Jackson tells her about his wife, and she kisses him before they leave, or she leaves him, and then in a bar she finds O'Rooney and says she was sent by Delaplane to talk about tomorrow night. As she leads him outside, we see that her bodyguard's there at the bar. And Rooney and Sydney drive to a warehouse, and he's confronted there by Jackson, and Rooney tells him he's, Jackson, going to kill Foss, and that's the plan. But they're confronted by Delaplane and 
The Invincible Men. Uh, Delaplane then spills all his beans to Jackson. My cars are just a hobby. See, my real interest, Sergeant, is power. And the AWA is more than just a union, Sergeant. It is a power block. And don't ever underestimate their strength. Who is tied up and then says he may even have to kill his own son one day. He says his assassin, Mr. Gamble, will dress like him him being Jackson, to kill Foss, and everybody there is racist, so they'll buy into it. That was the same, that was Action Jackson, even they don't, they don't look alike. And he'll be, hang on, hang on, hang on, Mar-a-Lago is in Detroit? Yeah, yeah, do you believe that? That's the original, that's the original chapter. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he'll be framed for his wife's murder, and then found dead, his wife Patrice's murder, and then, and then uh, Carl Weathers will be found dead in a car accident, incinerated. So, uh, and then Sydney will die of an overdose. What do you want from me, Delaplane? What do you want from me? I want you to die. <laughs> because he thinks he's in a Bond movie. Yep. And uh, uh. Delaplane leaves, and the Invincible Men uh, light a torch. And Sydney's bodyguard then jumps from above, and he goes, "Hello, I'm Mister A." <laughs> And yeah, like, <laughs> why? Like, why? <laughs> why? I, I'm watching. I watched this, and I thought, "Hang on, like, when did these two become friends?" Like, I like, okay, sure, they're aware of each other. Like, hey, what I need you to do is fight off all he's of these not, they're guys. They're not that, friends. They're he's protecting Sydney. He's been watching them from afar. I guess, but it just comes I, like it's literally before he. <laughs> Action Jackson is lit on fire, and that's the like. Okay, that's the line. Okay, now I'll attack. You know, he's like, "Oh, I'm Mr. Ed," but you know what? They planted the seed of perfect strangers earlier, so it could have been standing tall. <laughs> I <sighs> wish. <laughs> just, just I don't know. I'm Mr. Ed. Or like, it's not even. It's not even clever, and that's kind of like what e- almost every pun in this scene is. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's supposed to be some kind of action pun. It's like, no, you're just, you know that you're supposed to say something clever at this point, but you can't think of anything, so you just puke out some words. But at least some of these ho- people can deliver them, unlike, like, a Chuck Norris. It's like, oh, oh that yeah. was a no, clever uh-huh. line. Like, they're they're selling bad lines while Chuck Norris has gold he can't deliver. Correct. 100% accurate. <laughs> it's like the reverse Norris. You couldn't Norris. be more right. It's the reverse Norris. So th- these two take out the invisible guys together, or uh, the invisible men together, uh, with plenty of fire and explosions and grenade launchers. And the last guy, Carl, uh, you know, he's killing people. He's like, chill out. And then the final guy gets it with the grenade launcher. And this light, Carl really goes, Barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? Right, and that's one of those like, well, that's like almost clever. Like, like, like you've you've got the foundation; it just wasn't delivered. Like, I don't know what was, <laughs> but the lines were wrong. Like, he could have delivered it right. It's just like the line wasn't right. It was shot right. He said it right. It, you know, the thing that came after it was right. But it was just like something's like close with the line. It, but it, it's so close, like you know, like maybe they needed like, the guy uh, to like. Be like an asshole to him. And be like, "Well done," and then, like, answer him with, you know, he says the line, yeah. like, "Fucking well done, bitch," or something, you know, yeah, crispy fried like, motherfucker or something. I don't know. 
But it just says like barbecue, my favorite. Bang, you know yeah. <laughs> that. That's better. It's shorter. It's briefer. Well, at least that makes like even what he said like is a kind of makes sense when he lights that guy on fire and says, "Chill out." No, you're not, Mister Freeze, and you didn't put you anything <laughs> cold like, like if he was like shooting like ice at you and then you. I don't know. And then you threw fire at him. That could be. I don't know. That's better. I don't know. If you say chill out, there needs to be ice or something cold in there or water, not just fire. I mean, like he was holding a can of gasoline. Okay. And <laughs> then he shot fire at him. I mean, no, like it is. It seems like or like, like stick around. Things going to heat up. That's better. That makes sense. <laughs> I see you, invincible man. I see. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. The, the, the invisible man. I don't know. I can't think of anything now, but. Decloak, The point bitch. is. It's like, now you're the human torch. Bang. So uh, at the white elites party, Gamble sits in a tree preparing to snipe. Uh, Delaplane introduces Foss to the party and has goes to have him speak in front of everyone. Jackson then shows up at the party and. Albert's there. I don't know if he's planted there by Jackson or he's just randomly working the party. He runs a distraction as Jackson swings across some light rig and uh, Gamble misses his shot and falls to his death on a fence post. Beautiful. <laughs> Fucking nice. well, Yeah, it's amazing. Like, he's just like falling that fence post. And, like, he's fully impaled by it. He still tries to reach out and attack Action Jackson. Yes. What are you going to do? Hey, not tell, you know. Till the death, till the you death. You have multiple, you have multiple spears through your body. Yeah, he didn't even just land on one. It was like, <laughs> even if you weren't pinned down, you're dying. There's no way you'd be able to do anything. You have seconds. <laughs> like, like, and and your plan is to grab his shoulder. You dumb. You real dumb. So. Delaplane then runs. He's like, fuck, my plan's all over. Done. Like, that was it. Like, oh, shit. He banked everything <laughs> on this, and it went one side wrong, one slightly wrong. And then he tells his guys to get to the chopper, uh, which never pays off. Jackson, the hotel manager guy we talked about, yabba dabba do, he's there. Uh, his ex-partner's there. Um, the bodyguard's there. And there's, like, more people there from the earlier in the movie and stuff to help fight. Uh, Delaplane. So many of these people are there, and I just think, like, are they like Action Jackson's friends? Or like, it's why like a are curtain you, call what? or something? Well, yeah, like the one kid, the kid, the fainting kid, he's around. Like, did they ever become friends? Like, why? What? Why are you here? And also, how did they get away with inviting this many people that aren't on the list to this party? Yeah, they crashed, and they weren't white too. So how'd they get in? <laughs> What's well, Detroit? So they understand there's going to be a certain level. Okay. Delaplane. Because they're monsters. Uh, Delaplane finds Sydney to take hostage. Uh, Jackson then uh, drives a Ferrari into the house, runs over the driver guy, and then goes up the stairs and stops Delaplane before he can inject Sydney with, I guess, her overdose drugs. Uh, Delaplane has Sydney at gunpoint, and then he puts the gun down and begs him to do hand to hand combat. And Peter starts by whooping him, and then Jackson says, Now you pissed me off! And he starts kicking his ass, which, like, the punch sounds, like, intensify. They're, 
every time he hits him. And then they both find guns and fire each other, but Delaplane gets it right in the chest. Like, there's no, not, there's not even a, like, minuscule, like, molecule of his heart left. It is fucking gone. It's like, like, in slow motion. I just wish it could have been in slower motion <laughs> when it happened. Just so I hear him go, like, from different angles and shit. Yes. That's the only error with that death. <laughs> So Jackson is taking a shot too, but it's not too bad. And the captain comes in. He says he he wants to report first thing in the morning, Lieutenant. Sydney then tells Jackson that she's quitting drugs cold turkey. And and, uh, she says, you can have me on Thanksgiving. And he says, can I have you any sooner? And they kiss. And that's the credits. And that's how you make a fucking movie. (laughs) Everything resolves in like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Like the last 15 minutes of this movie is fucking ridiculous like it's just but, it's just shy of like sharon Stone's spirit going finally i can go to the light thank you action <laughs> jackson <laughs> like it's like everything is just tied up so fucking like quickly but here's the thing there's so many people being murdered like cops like you have to like they're just freely shooting at anyone like and we know yeah. that that's what they do because they're police officers but not in a movie <laughs> That's ridiculous. They're supposed to be the heroes. It's fucking ridiculous. But like in that, I think we could do a whole show just on the car that yeah. he drives. Folks, like, like there's no hallway wide enough in. I don't care if you're in a no. mansion. The upstairs no. hallway is not wide enough to fit that car. Not not just fit a car, but to fit a turning car to go upstairs. Yes. <laughs> he One, was, he's driving okay. through those stairs. There's no way that thing picked up on this. Oh, yeah, there's no way it could support that much weight. No way. As soon as he started to go up, the stairs, it immediately collapsed. It's tons of weight. That's a ton of weight. He goes up the stairs. He... Sure, he drives through the wall. I get it. Great. But then he goes up the stairs. He turns up the stairs. There's no way. There's no way you can move a car that wide. And then the car just sits... The car just sits in the bedroom. I want you to think of the biggest room in your house... I want you to think of the biggest, even mansions, like you said, no. But no, that doesn't fucking happen. They didn't, mansions weren't built to accommodate cars. That doesn't happen. The, Bruce Wayne doesn't have a house like that. He's got nothing but cars. Jay Leno doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> His house is built out of cars, as far as I understand. He doesn't do it. He says, no, it's fucking preposterous. Preposterous. No. You're walking down the fucking hallway. Oh, oh my, my god. god. And then it sits there. That f- How can you... <laughs> how could you be watching? How could uh. you make this movie and think this all adds up? <laughs> sure, there's this car in the background in this bedroom while they're fighting instead of just shooting him. Sure, they fought each other. Why? Oh my god. It's called Action Jackson, not Realistic Jackson, so... It's, it's true, but like that, that music kicks up. When he says, now you're pissing me off. Like, why? He's, he's the Hulk now? And that's where he gets his powers? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, I'm pissed off. I think it was just a matter of, like, how much time in the movie is left. Let's just, come on. He just punches him and then bang, bang, and then they kiss and it's over. Let me wrap this L- up, like, folks. Wow. One other thing we could have had is Action Jackson's wife coming in and be like, I forgive you for everything, and you may have my permission to go and bang this hot pop star. <laughs> <laughs> and Vanity, she what? she kicked the habit like that. Oh yeah, like 
it was she wouldn't didn't go through any withdrawal. She was fine. She's great, ex junkie. Whatever. You're gonna be throwing up for the next forty eight hours, you piece of trash. Oh. God. Oh, I shouldn't call her a piece of trash, but it just it no. No, that's not how you kick habits. Right. Well, I... Oh my and and, and and why is Thomas F. Wills why is Cornblow the 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 president of the Action Jackson fan club? He's just there the whole time to support him. Like when he hears that he, Action Jackson, Jeremiah Jackson, by the way, we didn't talk about that. His name's already badass. Why does he need a nickname? Because it's a ti- the title. Jeremiah Action. They could have called it. They could have called it Action Jackson and never called him Action Jackson and just had him Jeremiah Jackson. That would have been fine. You're right because we don't need that. It would have been fine. But. Cornblow, like, as soon as he hears that Action Jackson is going to be Lieutenant again, he's like, oh, Lieutenant? Oh. He's like, like, like giving him like the face of, like, not bad. And, like, giving him the thumbs up and shit. Like, what? You, I've not seen any kind of relationship you two have ever had. You work in the same office. That's about it. And you probably masturbate to a poster of him. Oh, he clearly does. He has a hole cut out somewhere. <laughs> With a sock attached on the other end. With a sock on the other attached to it. That's right. Sprayed in Action Jackson's cologne. They wanted to make this a series. They wanted to do more Action Jacksons, but it did okay at the box office. It did really well on home video, but not enough for them to explore more. There is a a movie of Carl Weathers from a couple years after this that overseas got labeled Action Jackson 2, but it's not Action Jackson 2. But this has become like a cult classic, so it really does fit our show. Kick it off. I mean, I think all three of these do, uh, to be quite honest. This movie made Tom Hanks at the premiere of Toy Story 4 say like, you know, when they asked him like uh, he was meeting and having a good time and all that stuff, like, it's like, yeah, great. Like, uh, Crow was in commando. Yeah, whatever. He was an action Jackson. I got to shake his hand because of that. <laughs> yes. And in Toy Story, they named Carl Weathers' character Combat Carl, which has got to be some sort oh, of yeah. nod to action Jacksons. Yeah. Do no harm, cough in the arm. I would take an action Jackson. I would take Carl Weathers as action Jackson now. Give us a sequel. I don't care how old he is. He'd do it. <laughs> I, would do, I would do another action Jackson. It's a shame. Look, we had to put Left up. On the we table. had to put up with. We had to put up with Hulk Hogan dr- wrestling well past his prime. I'm sure Carl Weathers would be just fine doing this movie. Hulk Hogan got like three Thunder in Paradise movies, right? Look, if we got to watch The Mule, <laughs> I think we can get an Action Jackson sequel. That's more believable. But uh, to Carl Weathers' uh, benefit, he is a part of the Star Wars universe now. So props to Carl Weathers. It's uh, the big old step. <laughs> He's got that. Well, you always said you wouldn't team up with a junkie. How about an ex-junkie, huh? Wait a minute, you kidding? Cold turkey. You can have me on Thanksgiving. How's that? Can I have you any soon? <laughs> now comes the point in our episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are called Cinema Cavalcade, we keep things nice and Carly. Culty. Our options are as follows: stay with your family, which means you're uh, you're not too into your Albert, you're not too into the Action Jackson, you'll faint every time you see him, can't get through it. Converted, which means you are like Thomas F. Wilson, you're you're all about Action Jackson, you're a big fan, you're all good. Or drinking the Kool Aid, 
you are Craig T. Nelson, that you are obsessed with Action Jackson and just all over it. It's probably some homoerotic thing that you don't realize about, but it's all good. So, Cullen, how do you rate Action Jackson? This is a remarkable piece of filmmaking. There's so much stuff in here. We didn't even have time to talk about it. Like, like, like just all the, the variety of remarkable puns and just some of the other things in here that are just sh- shocking. Like in the police station where they talk to the hooker and they say something about a protein pickup to her twice. They thought the line was good enough. They had to use it twice. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Just like, what? That can't be. That's in a film. They did it. They said, nope, we're doing it. We had Craig T. Nelson murder his wife and say, works fine when talking about the gun. <laughs> we even talk about that. Oh. Just how cold-blooded he, like, he is. And just like, vanity's in this thing. And we talked about, like, you know, we, like her attractiveness isn't even on the table in this movie. Because <laughs> there's so much happening. It's so... Right remarkably entertaining. I never thought I'd see a car go upstairs, but here we are. <laughs> Top to bottom, watch this movie. Like the only boring parts are kind of like the exposition parts and they're not even that long and they they are necessary to the movie, uh thankfully. There's not uh, any fat in this, who cares? It adds flavor to the steak that is called Action Jackson. Brandon, how do you rate Action Jackson? Oh, this is a definite Kool-Aid for me. This uh, this is how you want your action movies, especially your pure action movies from the 80s. Uh, holds up probably even better now than it did back then, but the explosions are huge and roaring. Uh, the glass shatters so hard. The one-liners hit or miss entertain. It's lean. Carl Weathers, man, he's he is a good action star. It's a shame he didn't headline more big pictures like this. It's fun to see, like, you know, Bill Duke's always great to have in a movie. You know, Sharon Stone, early Vanity, whoo, swoon. Uh, we'll just keep throwing Vanity movies in every couple months for our own enjoyment. Hmm. It's even got those cool, her songs are even fun to have in here. They're not the greatest thing in the world, but well, it, it, it's a nostalgia the- trip for them. So the reason we didn't talk about the songs in this movie is because they're not very good. No, but there's like a little they're, sense of nostalgia. We're like, this is kind of what I lo- like, things I like, but it's not as good as things I like. It's yeah. weird. There's like a familiarness to them, but they're yeah, they're not very good. They're they're they are swinging for the fences and strike three. Like that's the music is ve- the music is very much you like Prince music, but you want it shitty. Right here you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pr- right there. Nailed it. Um, it's funny to see Craig T. Nelson, whatever they're trying to do with him here, pulls off the dickish thing, but not the brutish kind of like I'm a rugged fighter when it comes to it. Uh, the ridiculousness is off the charts, but welcome. It never feels like out of place. It always feels within the movie, and I, I just have a roaring good time with this. I you know I watch it. Twice in two days for this podcast, and I could pop it in today and have just as much fun. But, you know, we got to move to other movies. But it is so much fun. I'm so happy. And especially after, you know, our little stoop down of American Ninja 4, back to something great in a different way. Not I meant I was going back to No Holds Bar with we both like, not Ninja 4, which... Uh, Axe Jackson, like, high degree of enjoyment. Uh Watch it immediately. Is it on some Marsh Cullen? Where did you watch it? I have the Blu-ray, so I was. I, I had to rent it off of YouTube okay. to watch it. Like, but 
But if you have a Stars membership somewhere, you'll uh, be able to watch okay, it. Okay, yeah. So it's worth the money. It's awesome. Check it out. Uh, you'll thank us. Uh, action, if you like action movies, if you like big explosions, if you like big, dumb action movies, right here. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. It's the most addictive kind of cocaine and it can kill you. What's really bad is nobody knows how much it takes. So every time you use it, you risk dying. It isn't worth it. Look, everybody wants to be cool, but doing it with crack isn't just wrong could be dead wrong. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the 1991 film Stone Cold, starring Brian Bosworth. Another athlete. We continue the Craig R. Baxley expose. I know this isn't the next film chronologically for Baxley, but we have our reasons for jumping over. And who fuck cares? These movies are awesome. And we're going to Stone Cold, uh, which is a movie that uh, has been on the list, but it's also been one that has been requested in the past for us to do. So there you go. Once every hundred movies, we take those requests. So put your request in now. Get them in now. So yeah, uh, very excited to look uh, to talk about that one. Like I want to talk about it now. Like Cullen and I have been chopping <laughs> the bit to talk about Stone Cold for years now, uh, and we'll tell you all about that on the next episode. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for um, hopefully, if you're like the action person, you're just gonna love uh, this this run we're doing here, and it's gonna all come back. On the last one, which will also be our four-year anniversary episode. So stay tuned for that. You got anything, Cullen, to tell the people? Fuck off. Keep listening. There you go. Perfect. So we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Stone Cold. The trailer that actually trails. The Brotherhood. They're an underworld on wheels. They answer to no law. They live by one rule. God forgives. The Brotherhood doesn't. There's only one man tough enough and crazy enough to take them on. You just picked up the wrong passenger, buddy! He's an undercover cop doing a good job with a bad attitude. If you're on the wrong side of the law, he'll leave you stone cold. Brian Bosworth, he's the outsider on the inside. He's turning up the heat. He'll burn you. Stone cold. Thank you for listening. 
listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.